0: angels have moved into this building. They showed up about 15 minutes ago when we were singing that first song. Whatever you need God to do, if you'll just worship Him, they're sinners, ambassadors of the throne of God. To help somebody in this place tonight. Come on, you gotta receive that by faith. You say, well, who are you to say? I'm just telling you what I know. Angels moved in here about 15 minutes ago. They began to move in and amongst God's people, administering strength and help. in the bible they work at god's bidding not me and yours god tells them what to do and they do what he says not what i tell them to do i don't have that authority only god but hear this god looks to the people and the angels look to the people to where there is submission those angels work where there's not submission to the word of God and the covering of God those angels just pass right by you but if they see a heart they've got the message they're delivering straight from the throne of God but if they see that heart is not submitted to areas of the word of God Those angels just pass on by. That's why people don't get the touch of the miracle. is because there's something in them not submitted. Let me give you one. Everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. That's a commandment. That's not an option. So if I can't praise him, there's an area in me unsubmitted. There's pride. He said, worship me in spirit and truth. If I can't worship him in spirit and truth, there's an area unsubmitted. Understand that these angels are not here for a show. They're here by divine appointment from the throne of God to work for the people of God by God's direction and will. You say, well, Benoit, well, why are you on that right now? Because I may never say that in my message. But tonight, you'll see where we're going in this message here tonight. If you would, return back to your seats. Worship Beautiful. That song y'all sang, that third one, you got to sing that again. Something moved in here when you began to sing that song. Something moved in this place. And you didn't know what I'm preaching. I'm asking God for confirmation. I want to preach tonight, and I don't always give my title first, but I'm going to give it to you first. This is a work in progress, I'm going to tell you now. I got more pages of stuff that he began to point me to than we got time to go through. I'm going to give you what I feel the Holy Ghost and we're going to hit it. We may come back and visit it again, but here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Please stay with me in the beginning. I got to get the foundation laid or we're going to be on a... And you'll see when we get in it, if we miss the first part, you're going to miss the whole the whole thing what this is about. And the thought that came to me is the throne of God, the saints of God, and the angels of God. And I want to talk about it tonight. If you got your Bibles, first scripture I want to read is going to be Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 26. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 26. Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 26. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the color of amber as the appearance of fire round about within it. From the appearance of his loins and even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness Of the glory of the Lord And when I saw it I fell upon my face And I heard a voice of one that spake Turn to Romans Media If you would have chapter 11 And verse 12 11 of Romans Verse 12 Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world And the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Now if the fall of them, speaking of the Jews, be the riches of the world and the diminishing of the riches of the Gentiles, speaking of the Gentiles, how much more shall their fullness be? Media have for me verse 33 for later of that same chapter of Romans. Let's ask God to talk to us tonight. Jesus, I need your help tonight. Let my mind be clear, I pray today. Let me deliver it as you've given it to me fresh from your throne. God, I ask you today for help. Let our minds be prepared, but speak to us tonight, God. Loose, let the office of the prophetic, the office of authority, let all of these be in function tonight. God, I ask you in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. We'll start from the end and I'm going to work my way back. I want to explain to you Romans first. Paul has been in a discourse now between the church at Rome, the Jews that are there, and now the Gentiles that are coming into the church Paul has been trying to help them to understand salvation and that what had happened unto the Jews in the past was for that moment but that they had fallen at this point their kingdom their job everything that was given to them to fulfill They failed God in it. And he begins to say, now if the fall of those Jews, their failure is not for naught. But because of their failure and their fall, it opened up the riches to the Gentiles. It opened up God's grace to the Gentiles because the jews were unbelieving talking about old testament paul is speaking of because the jews could not hold it together and believe because of their unbelief came salvation to the gentiles and just as much as the gentiles is salvation they have the gentiles will begin to let go and god will return back to the jews and Paul is trying to establish this so strongly in the hearts of these Jews that they understand your failure was for them, but God's not done with you yet. You made a mistake and you dropped the ball and you didn't follow the commandments of God, but God is not done with you yet. God took your failure and blessed another nation. God took your mistake and is going to bless the Gentiles. He continues and says, and the diminishing of the grace that went to the Gentiles. Verse 12. Did God now switch? And is he done forever with the Jews? But he closes it with fulfillment. God is trying to get them to understand that though it did not happen in their time, God will still fulfill everything that has happened. Let me help somebody from the very beginning of this message. not have seen the fulfillment of what god has but this scripture right here tells you and i i may fail today but you rest assured if god told me what he's going to do with my life and my family my failure does not dictate the fulfillment but if i can back up again and repent and turn to god god will reenact Their unbelief, their unbelief caused salvation to come to Israel or the, or Gentiles. But the Gentile salvation will lead to the salvation of Israel again. So God indirectly by using the Jewish unbelief to bring about a salvation. For another nation No matter what man does It cannot stop God's plan no matter what man does and I'm not talking, look I understand prophecy goes forth and it's up to me to walk in that prophecy but I'm preaching to people you got prophecy over you, this church has got prophecy over us and we might have failed, we might have not done it like we needed to do but if I get back up again and I I begin to worship him and I realign my obedience and I bring everything back to God, God has not forgot what he said, I don't care if you were 15 years old, God will bring Get to pass when you're 80 years old, if you were 20 years old, that prophecy never dies. For some of you, the word of God is your prophecy. If He said, By His stripes you're healed, then you're going to be healed. If He said, I'll meet your need according to my riches and glory, then that never changes. And Paul trying. To establish all of this Is the challenge Now I gave you a little bit of a Backdrop Now here we go Paul was trying to reach back in Old Testament To try to show us the pattern That the people had done So now we go to Ezekiel Where I read first The, t- the backdrop for Ezekiel Ezekiel just born Four years into Jeremiah's ministry If you've been reading chronological Bible with us We've read, Je- we read Jeremiah I think we read Ezekiel I don't remember But I know we're in Jeremiah And Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah All prophets commonly known Are commonly agreed upon to the tribe of Judah And Ezekiel is born at about 680 something, 650 something, four years into Jeremiah's ministry. It's important that you understand this because when you begin to read what Jeremiah is dealing with, then you go to Ezekiel, it's going to all make sense of what they're talking about. So you understand that Ezekiel now is beginning to grow. Jeremiah moves on. And now we come to the book of Ezekiel. Jeremiah then passed off to the scene. And now Ezekiel and Daniel are, are under the captivity of the Babylons, Babylonians. God had allowed them to come and take them captive. But yet God still understood. And He knew my word cannot return void. Somebody needs to understand that. If God ever speaks something to you, then you need to remember God expects for that word to come back to him void. He never speaks something and it just kind of gets lost in space. If God said, this is what I'm going to do, then God is looking for a payday return on that word coming back. And he's looking for any mama, any saint of God that will establish himself and say, I'm not alone in this. If I can stay around the throne of God, if I can stay with the saints of God the angels of God will work in my midst and I won't falter or fail Amen. there's so much unbelief in this area brothers, Terry Bushnell, brother Terry Bushnell there's so much unbelief here so much unbelief you see the spouse in her eyes the husband that's wayward and won't come home knowing what he was taught and raised as a child And I've asked God, God, how do I encourage that that saint of God to to pick up their faith again, lift their hands with a fervency and a passion like they first had it again? And and, and all I can get from God, Brother Bushnell, is I gave them the throne. I gave them my throne. I I, I gave them a picture of what my throne is in my word. If they can't look at my throne and realize how glorious it is and how my authority comes out of that. And if they can't desire to want to be with me around the throne, then son, there's not a whole lot that you can do if they can't see that. But to that individual that realizes, I've got to stay around the throne of God. I've got to stay around the presence of God. I can't go one day without his presence I can't go one day without his touch on my family and my home. It's like Brother Billy Cole taught years ago. I think he referred, you may remember it, Brother Bush now, he referred to, he said, I can cast the devil out in about a second, but it'll take me 30 years to get your flesh disciplined. It'll take me a long time to begin to bring your mind and teach you the ways and the things of God. Well, here's what I'm trying to say. We ain't got 30 years if the Lord tarries. I'm not putting a number on it, but he could come tomorrow. He could come in the next five years. It ain't like it was 50 years ago. We're seeing things move at an escalated pace like we've never seen before. And if there's ever a time for us to realize, God is not mocked. God is not a lie. God does not change. If God said for you and I, I I'm going to protect your family. I'm going to teach you these. Then God don't change. This whole message, I feel the Lord trying to impact, press upon somebody's spirit. His plan does not change. It don't change. And though they fail, though you fail, though I fail, though the church may fail, God never fails. And His plan never fails. And here's Ezekiel, Babylonian captivity, coming against the children of Israel. And Ezekiel 1, go home and read it. I'm not going to go through every verse tonight. Let me give you just the highlights. Verse 3 starts with Ezekiel doing this. There's a storm coming, Brother Langley see because here's what happened God clued that man of God in to what was about to come and it was a Babylonian army that was fixing to besiege that city they had already surrounded that city and they were fixing to now take Jerusalem I don't understand could have been the thoughts running through Ezekiel's mind God said I'll put my name in Jerusalem God said this is where my presence will dwell God said this is where the ark is and the temple of God's going to be but yet how in the world is there a Babylonian army coming against what God Has prized so much his name in Jerusalem. I'll tell you how. There was a heart in those people that began to falter and fail. But even though in their stumbling. Even in their downtime, Even in their mistake and failure. God sent a prophet by the name of Ezekiel. Which means God strengthens. God sent him a man of God. That can say one thing to them. You might have messed up. But God will strengthen you. If you've got a heart for obedience. God can still fulfill what he said. And Ezekiel sees a storm coming, brother. I no. brother Roy. It's a storm of the Babylonians. Verses three and four. He sees a great storm coming that he don't. He, he's looking at this thing, going, "Oh, what, what, what?" And then from there, he begins to see what we all know is that cherubim. Cherubim. There's a difference between a cherubim and a seraphim. A seraphim's only recorded one time in the Bible. Isaiah. A seraphim has six, three sets, six wings. Two to cover its face, two to cover its feet, and two to fly with. Two to cover its face for one thing. Now watch this. Man is God's creative design. Man is God's highest of created order, not angels. That's why we don't worship angels. Man is God's creative order. Why? We were created in the image of God. Angels were not. We're the closest to what God is. You understand? And that angel, that seraphim, had two wings that covered his face, representing awe and reverence. Two other ones covering its feet. That was his face and eyes. Two more covering its feet, representing service. And the other two to move and mobility, representing obedience and doing the will of God. Now, if an angel who there's no repentance for an angel lucifer fell and there ain't no comeback and no blood but for man there's the blood for man there's repentance if an angel understands god's holiness where is us as the church that should come into his presence with awe and reverence that should understand god didn't create you and i to occupy a pew god didn't occupy God didn't cause you and I to get the Holy Ghost just to be an entity but you've got a job that you and I've got to do. And if an angel got that who there ain't no repentance and redemption what's wrong with me? That I can't lift my hands in worship and reverence unto him. What's wrong with me that I can't use my feet to serve the Lord? Some of us been working on some people for 30 years. I'm going to go ahead and say it I'm going to make you mad. Some of us have been working on the same Jack Joker for 30 years. And you use that as an excuse not to reach somebody else. You're going to stand in judgment for that. I told you I feel some prophetic moved in here tonight. I've been with the Lord. I didn't get this out of some. God's looking to you and I to put our feet at work and begin to be evangelizing people that we've never evangelized before. I'm not saying give up on that one for 30 years, but we better get some cards and begin to hand them out to people we've never talked to before. Well, I made them mad. I'm right anyhow, Brother Bushnell. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be unkind. We're going to stand in judgment for Bible studies we didn't teach. You're going to stand there. Well, I've been in the church for 40 years. I've been a faithful type there. You hear me. I thank God for your faithfulness. I thank God for everything you've done. But you hear me. God will take somebody on the backside, bring them in here, raise them up, bless them financially, and he'll bump you off your row and put somebody in. I don't want that to happen and I'm not prophesying it. But I am telling you this. We've got the love of God confused. And we think God's love is toleration. God's not tolerating it no more. We're in the end time. And God's Angels to help us. Is this all right? That seraphim moves, Sister Debbie. It moves. It covers in reverence. It covers its feet because it wants wherever it goes to be at the bidding of God. Servitude. And the last one is, when God says move, I got to move. I got to follow that cloud. I said a little bit in it's home folk here tonight so I can be a little bit more candid. I sense a division in in, in the midst. Some people are wanting to go in. I called it like this. I told Brother Morgan. I said it's an economical Pentecost. Oh, I'm going to get into it tonight. I told y'all, y'all better. I ain't preached last weekend, so y'all just better. Hope you brought a ham sandwich. We might be a little while. It's an economical Pentecost. Here's what it's saying. Here. It wants to preach Calvary as peaceful and easy. And it don't want to preach it with nothing about sacrifice and old time conviction. This church was born in the fire. It's going to stay in the fire as long as I'm pastor. And we're not changing anything. It was born in holiness and it's going to stay in holiness. And if I can find a group of people that will stay with me. We're going to see things in the kingdom of God we've all longed to see. We're going to see backslidden sons and daughters be broken from their addiction and sin. Watch. But I ain't seen it yet, Brother Benoit. Then I'm preaching to you tonight. Because even though they failed God, that backslidden son and daughter, your family member, husband, they have failed God. They backslid. They rebelled God. That don't mean God's done with them. That don't mean God's done with them. God's got a job for them to do. And the fire that's falling in Indian Village right now is not a fire that's made of man. It ain't strange fire. It's not made by you. It's made by us together in our honesty and sincerity before God that we're saying, God, I don't want nothing else but you. I want to worship you with an honest heart, a transparent heart. I want to please you more than the breath. That's, that's what God's hearing from Indian Village. <laughs> See, but- Seraphims are around the throne. Seraphims is only recorded in Isaiah. But now, cherubims, that's a different story, Kyle. Cherubims was on the ark in gold, cherubims was on the veil embroidered in there. Cherubims and seraphims are totally different. And what Ezekiel is seeing is a cherubim. Cherubim has the ability. To come, this is where you hear people's stories. Morgan, I think, told a story at Apostolic Conference, or he leaned over to me, maybe told me, I forget who or what about an angel driving down the road. You heard stories, people on the side of the road stranded. Man shows up, gives them a jack, gives them a tire. Look up, and the man's gone. That's a cherubim. And what Ezekiel begins to see is he begins to see this cherubim that's got four faces. It's got the faith. Now listen, I ain't no eschatology preacher. So don't think I'm fixing to go deep here and rever- uh, none of that. I-, I can't do none of that. I'm going to tell you just what God showed me. The four faces. One of a man. One of a lion. One of an ox. And one of an eagle. It's not the first time that happened like that. In Genesis, I think it's chapter 9. God told Noah, I'll never flood the earth again. And he gave him a covenant. Telling him. Man will not perish again. The ox will not perish again, talking about livestock. The lion will not, which is the untamed animal. And the fowl of the air, the bird, the eagle. So we see this same pattern. That's why we see stuff like this and we think it just, this is all of a sudden, it already showed up way back in Genesis. The pattern was already set. And God was trying to show Ezekiel the same thing. You got this thing that's coming to help you. This is chapter 1 of Ezekiel. He sees his cherubim wings and then got the hoof of a feet. And like, do you eat him or do you shake his hand? And then, from storm to cherubim, it goes to the wheel inside of the wheel. And how many of us have read about the wheel? The wheel inside of the wheel was representing God's omnipresence. But it also, you've heard me make this comment. I'm going to just put it down in our terms. It was a super highway for the angelic host to move. If you go study that, that cherubim he saw, Sister Mim, it could move in a I can't even do what he did he was so fast he can move and that's why Ezekiel referred to him he gave these, these medals because it shined what he was trying to associate was this angel could move just at a spark of light that's how fast he could move and then he began to see the wheel inside of the wheel of how these angels move in amongst from the throne of God Well, that takes the lid off of Harry Potter don't it all our kids can't get into, because they're stuck on Harry Potter. Listen to me. Ezekiel saw something. It was a super highway. The angelic host. And it was like a gyroscope, Brother Roger. It could just kind of go in any different direction at God's bidding. And then, the verse I read. Ezekiel saw the angel. He saw the wheel inside of the wheel. He saw everything that was taking place. And then it goes to verse, I think, 26. They see that he sees the firmament. And the angels were operating under that firmament. And above that firmament was the likeness. He used the word likeness almost 25 times. And anytime he was using the word likeness, it's when we get to eschatology. Sometimes it gets a little difficult. He was relaying a humanly term to something he saw God was doing, but yet couldn't describe. So he would say, it's in the likeness of. And he says, "I see now the finale. I saw the firmament, I saw the gyroscope, I saw the cherubim, I saw the storm. Notice the order. Storm's coming, but God tells the prophet. You know, he was a priest before he was a prophet, and he didn't really want to be a prophet, brother, brother Bushnell, because prophets were persecuted." I'm going somewhere with this. Prophets were persecuted because prophets have the, the, the awesome responsibility. Think about now. Prophets are persecuted in 2012. A real prophet. I'm not talking one that has cards and walks around in a robe. Like on TV or YouTube. I'm talking a real prophet. They're here. We got them. And when that real pro- he's persecuted. Why? Because he's not coming with a message of, hey, this is the blessing of God. Many times that prophet came and said, repent. You got to get your heart right. I hear that message coming back to the church again. We need to clean our houses out. We need to clean our homes out. We need to clean our hearts out. And we need to realize if we're going to see the throne of God as saints of God, we're going to have to prepare ourselves. It's like brother Morgan said the flow I saw it before when he got here I knew it it's a flow that spirit moves and it gets to right there and goes oop there's a bump so then the spirit comes over here that's the angels of the Lord comes over here oop there's a bump And it moves over here. Then God moves here. Then God moves here. And He's moving here through. And He's looking for anybody that that thing can manifest itself through. And the angels of the Lord can pass by you and I. Delivering something from the heavens that only the throne of God can disperse. There's coming a day, Brother Bushnell. We have longed to see it. You have waited to see that when God manifests himself in church services, people are going to leave drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'm not giving up on camp meetings. I'm waiting for the day that there be a visitation in those camp meetings. People leave drunk in the Holy Ghost. That we have youth services. That they're getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. That the power of God begins to manifest itself. God's not going to make you and I do nothing. But i tell you what he will do. He'll show up and manifest himself in such a prevalent, powerful way that it will arrest our human spirit. But before he does that, he's looking for a church that will do it without. Him doing something great and splendidous. can I just worship Him and praise Him because God put breath in your body today can I just worship him? that's why we sang about that song goodness of the Lord I look across this room and I see people you should have been dead and gone and hands begin to go up and say God I thank you for your goodness that, we're not singing for entertainment we're singing because we're acknowledging the goodness they're leading us I'm not interested in how it goes I'm interested in telling them, God they just said you're good I'm going to tell you you're good God you're faithful to me God oh I gotta hurry so he goes verse 3 and 4 the storm then the cherubim's the wheel the firmament and he closes with the throne and here's what God tells the man of God I'm gonna quickly go to the next main point I'm after he tells the man of God he gives him a vision brother Roger keep the picture Babylon is at the door Babylon they're at the door and God gives that man of God who his name means hear me God is strength So, Ezekiel now becomes the man that comes to the people of God after seeing a vision of divine proportions. I believe that God wants to show people that now in the end time. Not for you and I to write another book in the Bible, but to give you and I hope that we may be surrounded by the Babylonians. We may be surrounded by an enemy of drug addiction and perversion. But that doesn't mean God's forgotten his plan, that doesn't mean God's forgotten what he told you about the sons and daughters. Ezekiel, his last, he saw before the Lord. Go to that last verse of that chapter. Ezekiel 1, the very last one. Look what he said at the end. I fell on my face when I heard his voice. You're not hearing his voice, maybe audibly, but you're hearing the voice of God from the fivefold ministry for the New Testament. And God is trying to show you and I His throne has not changed The throne of God is still in the same Place as it always was I don't care what Biden does I don't care what Trump does I don't care what the Democrats do I don't care what the Republicans do I don't care what John Bell Edwards I give honor to them as dignitaries But you hear me They are not the final say Nancy Pelosi is not the final say This government, this this whatever it is It ain't the final say But to the church that knows about the throne of God And to know about the saints of God God. You've got the angels of God that's working in our midst. Our worship is what declares and reveals that throne in obedience. He fell on his face. He began to worship because he saw something. The last image he saw was the throne and the glory of God. For you and me, Brother Keith, when I take my lesson, how many have been around people that passed away and they saw a bright light? I died and saw the bright light. I saw it as I'm going to it. Now, I can't tell you it was a throne or an angel, but you hear me, ma'am. There was something out there on the other side. There was light and there was an abyss of darkness between me and that light. And I know people want to say, well, that's just, that's just, um, It ain't that, it's real. It's real. There's a throne of God that's established. And this is what he said it was above the firmament. I I know they got the Hubble telescope and I know they got all these things trying to find it. But you hear me. They ain't never going to find the throne of God. Because the only way you're going to find the throne of God is through worship. It's through a man that says I'll submit my will to the will of God. And I'll worship. Young person hear me. If you want the presence of God in your life and the power of God in your life. Young couple hear me. Hunger for the throne of in the presence of God, and in it, he'll join with the saints of old. Now, two more points and we go home. Here's the backdrop. I just preached 25 minutes on the backdrop. But no, here's the real one Ezekiel goes to chapter 13, Brother Bush now. And when I begin to see this today, Oh, it made sense of where we are. Remember I said about the separation? I see it now. Babylonian, you, you can symbolize it however you want. We're surrounded by child perversion. We're surrounded by just messed up families and home. It's everywhere. Got it? That's Babylon. That's the world. But now watch what happens within the ranks of the church. Chapter 13 of Ezekiel, it begins to talk about Untempered mortar, and what happened, mem, was these false prophets came to Jer- Jer- Jeremiah, and false prophets came to Ezekiel, and here's what they begin to say. They begin to say that this captivity is going to end in two years. That's what they told in Jeremiah's day, and now Ezekiel's hearing the same thing. And these these false prophets were saying things to make life easier, instead of bringing them to repentance. Come on somebody, stay with me. I promise, I'm not going to be long. They were telling them a message of convenience, style, and ease. You know what untempered martyr means? It means whitewashed. And here's what they were doing. The wall that had been established, holiest, the things to keep the people separated. These false prophets, the analogy and symbol he used was there were cracks in the wall. And he said, now these men came in with a false plaster, Bentley, and they began to cover up the cracks without properly repairing the crack. And they made the outside look perfectly good while the inside was deteriorating and wrong and deteriorating. And now let's bring it down to 2022. You got a group that's come in, in our ranks that say, it don't matter about holy, and they're whitewashing this. It don't, watch, I'm going to go real. It don't matter if you baptize in Jesus' name no more. Let's have a baptismal month. Come on. Let's just do it once every two months. Or or better yet, it don't matter for you and I to dress holy and live holy. And for a woman to wear that which pertaineth to a woman and that which pertaineth to a man. It don't matter. And they whitewash it. And here's what's so difficult. They look like us. Not in dress, but yet in their spirit. Well, they're kind and they're sweet and they're loving. And boy, they just, man, there's no... I, it, it's perplexed me. And I got the scripture for it now. So watch out because I, I got it now. I said, God, God they're like slipper snakes. It's like he, Jesus told them, you're whited sepulchre full of dead men's bone. You got the outer trapping. But yet there's something inside of you that's m- miserably wrong. And they whitewashed it now and saying, we don't have to do that. Let's just kind of choreograph our praise. Or better yet, they whitewashed it and says. I, got, I know people now, you let somebody pray for the altar and getting the Holy Ghost, they will take them into a back room to pray with them. Because they got political officials in that church, and they don't want to offend them by seeing somebody flop around and act like a fool with the power of the Holy Ghost hits them. That's whitewashing. But I know one thing is sure. If God ever called you and I to a Holy Ghost apostolic, tongue-talking experience... I don't want the fake. I need the real. If praise is how the battle is won, then I'm going to praise him with every fiber in my body. And families are built on untempered mortar. Families build like that. They make everybody think everything's okay when back's on the home. I've heard stories like this, Brother Bushnell. Little kids growing up, they get, mama beats the fire to them kids. All under the banner of discipline because her mama and daddy beat her. Then she goes home and beats them kids. But then comes to church and begins to worship God and talk in tongues like everybody else. Leads ministries and churches. It's whitewashed. You say, well, oh, my Lord, here's what I'm trying to paint a picture for somebody far here today. It don't matter what happens on the outside. It don't matter what happens on the inside. If I can stay by the throne of God with the saints of God, the angels of God are going to be working there. And you and I can make it through whatever God has allowed to come our way. And furthermore, whatever plan God said for you and for me and for our families, hell can't stop it and man can't stop it. The only thing can stop it is you and I getting out of the will of God. But if I stay in the will of God, then I'm going to see the throne of God It might not be in the natural But come days of eternity I'm going to be dancing On streets of gold And see him face to face Find me those last verses That's another lesson inside of itself I'll come back to Untempered Martyr on another day That just preaches too good Go to Romans And let's close right there Musicians y'all come I tell you, this is going to be an inexhaustible. Let's make a good Wednesday night study. Now, go to that verse thirty-three. Now, Paul, I just gave you reference Old Testament. This is what he's talking about: the children of Israel failed God; they failed, but their failure and unbelief, Sister Martintel, opened the door for the Gentiles. It was always God's will for them to succeed. And God would have still reached for the Gentiles. But their failure opened the door now for God to do something in the Gentiles. And what Paul was trying to say here in the end was he did the same thing. Just as much as the Gentiles is going to, the fullness of the Gentiles is going to come. This is talking about prophecy down the road. Our time is going to end as Gentiles. And there ain't going to be no more time left. And when that time, Brother Charlie, feels itself. We better make sure we're on the right side of fulfillment. Understand? Because he's trying to tell them in Romans, this is New Testament now. And then, here's how he closes it all about the Jews and the Gentiles. He says, of the depth of riches. Same word, riches. Talking about grace. The riches. And here now he's talking about God. He says, the riches of God, the wisdom of, The knowledge, how unsearchable are his judgments and ways. What he's trying to tell you and I is the riches of God's wisdom. His wisdom and his insight, his judgment, his ability to discern, his accuracy and choose correctly. In other words, God will make mistakes. Man may fall, but God does not make a mistake. I'll never forget it, it till I, 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 and I love him to death. He, he just I respect him greatly, but I respectfully disagree. God's plan, there ain't no plan B. It's always plan A, plan A, plan A, plan A. There's no plan B. God won't back up and say, "Whoa, that caught me off guard. I didn't see him getting hooked on meth. I didn't see him getting." Don't I didn't no no, 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 there. Somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost. Your marriage trouble is not a plan B. God's right where He was from the very beginning. If you'll let God have his way. Thirty-four. I'm closing. For here it is for who hath known the mind of the Lord and been his counselor. Here's what he's saying. He's quoting Isaiah. or making reference to Isaiah 40 and 13. And the probable reference to Jeremiah 23. He's describing how God's ways are much higher than our ways. No one corrects God or counsels God. No one can fathom the mind of God. And no one is as smart enough to give him advice. He does not need such help from anyone. For he is omniscient. He is omniscient. He's all no tomorrow before you ever even get there I don't know what's happening to this mic but get it fixed but God is trying to help somebody understand before you wake up tomorrow there's going to be something waiting for you to help you and bring you where you need to be don't be discouraged what tomorrow may hold give me that mic verse 35 Job he's quoting Job 41 11 Here it is, our who hath first given. See, folks, if you just read this, we just kind of flung through and don't even think about it. Here's what he's saying, our who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. Here's what he's saying, he's affirming that no one has claim against God. You can't go to God and accuse him and say, God, this is your fault. I was trying to tell that church in Rome don't blame God for your trouble if we're going to blame anybody blame people's rebellion and people's falling out with God but when it comes to God he's immutable he's unchanging he's holy he's perfect and God don't make a mistake no one even has to contribute anything new to him God does not owe anyone hear this please God does not owe anyone anything. Well, I lived for God 30 years. You'd think God would do this for me. He don't owe me and you nothing. That's why I, I get so bumfuggled on prayer. I, I've been working on prayer, working on prayer. Wow. What are you talking about? Ben? Well, here's what I'm saying. We, we keep going to God, telling him all what he did. Before you ever even tell him what he did, you ought to tell him who he is. God, you're good. God, you're merciful. Because if he don't ever fix your toe, and he don't ever fix your family, and he don't ever fix your finances, or he don't ever fix my problems, God is still good, Brother Clifton Bushnell, regardless of what he ever does for me. If he don't heal one more thing in my body, I'm praying my back, yeah, please heal it. But you know what? I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep living for him, whether he heals it or he don't heal it. Because God can do anything when he wants to. Next verse, and I close it one of them home missionaries came in one of them home missionaries came into that conference Brother Bushnell, he got up and began to testify he's a black gentleman got up, boy he's a well, you can tell he's well spoke, he, he, he carried himself well in that mic. he got up his first thing was this somebody hear me, he said mama, thank you for not throwing me away he said mama I want to give honor to you for not throwing me away people's kind of looking around his mama was raped. And he was the byproduct of a, her taking advantage of. Don't let anybody tell you God can't take people that's been molested, people that's been raped. Abortion ain't never good. It ain't never. I don't care what the circumstances are. We got a testimony in our ranks of a home missionary that if a mama would have aborted that, we'd not have a church in a city right now. But God knows how to handle his business when he can find a saint of God that knows about a throne of God and how the angels of God work in his midst. Last one. These last verses are verses of praise. I want us to end with praise tonight. Sister, Sister Lisa, I want us to praise tonight. Because Paul's trying to say, we need to be thankful for who our trust is in. He says, for of Him, through Him, to Him, are all things and glory. All things have their source in Him. They are sustained by Him. They serve his purpose to God. Belongs all the glory through all and in you all. Man don't deserve any glory. But when you get God in the economy, our schools are going to be okay. Our families are going to be okay. And if we can continue knowing the throne of God is surrounded by angels of God doing his bidding, then you and I can make it through anything. Lift your hands all across this building. Come on, I want you to step out of that pew tonight. Come on, I want us to stand with praise right now. I want us to stand with praise right now. It's time for us to praise him. Thank him for what he's done. Thank him for his goodness. God's in charge of everything. No matter if the Babylonians have come or the Assyrians have come, God does not fail.